At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek, a podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. Najee at the buzzer, off the glance, and in from the left wing. The bank is open in downtown New Orleans. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined as always by Mr. Jim Eichenhofer, Pelicans beat writer. Jim, uh, I was stir crazy yesterday because I couldn't talk about the Pacers game to anyone. I was just shouting at people who walked by my office. They didn't want to hear it. A lot of them had uh, work to do. I was like, hey, did you see the Pacers game? Now she went off for 20, 22 points. Six rebounds. But, uh, but it was fun, man. I wish we had video of that. I would I would love to see the <laughs> yeah, footage of that. security footage somewhere <laughs> that some security guard's laughing at. Yeah, I mean, Monday was phenomenal. Monday was so much fun. I mean... There have been a lot of games, probably at least somewhere five to ten, where afterwards you were like, man, that was great. The Jose game against Denver was, I would put in that category. Yeah. There's been a bunch of them. We talk about later in the podcast about the Dallas game early in, very early in the season. That was a really fun night where a bunch of guys were out. They still were able to beat a really good team yep. in the Mavericks. But Monday was taking it to a different level as far as being able to overcome yeah, stretching your depth, really testing your depth. That right. was uh, something. Yeah. I mean, that was, but it was, it was so much fun. I mean, to be up 29 points, win the game by 20. And it was funny because the crowd was awesome and it was loud, but I actually thought that the, you know, in a weird way, in a funny way, the Pelicans actually kind of undercut the volume by being up by so much that the yeah. crowd was kind of like, we're kind of cheered out and volumed yeah, out. You took us out of it. Yeah. Man. Come on. <laughs> It would let them in a little bit. It would have been more, uh, and, and I'm not complaining by this about no, this by I, any I means. It, yeah. But it was, I did feel like in the fourth quarter when they were again back up by a million points that it was, <laughs> it was almost like from a crowd standpoint, a lot of people started leaving because it was like this game's over, and yeah. understandably so. 
But um, we've had there's been games where it's been louder just because the game has gone down to the wire. But that yeah, one was been a lot of nail biters, and it was kind of shocking too. I think people went to the people brought a ton of intensity in the first quarter, first half, thinking like, okay, we got to get behind these guys because there's so many key yeah, players out. Us. Right, they need us. And then by the middle of the second quarter, maybe third quarter, they were just like, well, actually, I don't. They I don't think they're all right. Yeah, I think we're good. Let's go get I think some we, popcorn. I think we got this. <laughs> I think we got this. So, but yeah, it was it was fun. It was it was it was great to see the performance of the team and just to be like, not only are you going to win this game, but you're going to completely thump the Pacers. As yeah, well. with our backups just absolutely dominated them in every phase. I mean, in in, in defense. Uh, when it came to on the boards, rebounding, second chance points, uh, basically, yeah, we were down in the mid first 16 to six. And then after that, we just put our foot on our neck and just <laughs> stomp and stomp and stomp and stomp. And it was, uh, it was so nice to be able to relax for once in a fourth quarter mm-hmm. and, and not give up that lead as they started to chip away, and especially against a Pacers team who's been good. You, you just mentioned, uh, you know, they've beaten some very good teams recently. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, in early November, when we faced those Pacers, they dropped 129 on us. So great to see our defense step up, especially without our main guys and uh, clamp them down to, I think that was their lowest output they've had this season in 93. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was great to see the defense really lead the way uh, on a night when scoring really wasn't uh, abundant for, for the Pelicans. Yeah, I think the first few minutes of the game were the only stretch where the people that were gloom and doom that went into the night thinking like, oh, they got no chance. That was the only time of the game where those people were quote-unquote right. Yeah. The rest of the and night didn't was... didn't get long. It was right, nice. Right, it, and it quickly turned. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a, a great performance all around for new Orleans. Um, one of the guys that got his first start of the season, Jackson Hayes was phenomenal after he yes. had 21 points in the game against Oklahoma city, the previous game, um, got a chance to talk to him after the game with a couple of the other writers. And it was cool because Jackson was in a great mood as, as you would Should expect be. him to be. And yeah. he was laughing about a lot of the stuff that happened during the game, kind of setting up this clip where we talked to him for a couple minutes in the locker room. Um, he, uh, it was funny. He, he started talking about how the Pelicans have a few guys that were either that were undrafted. Najee Marshall and Jose Alvarado, obviously were not drafted. And Jackson starts kind of alluding to the fact that there's some guys in this locker room that should have been drafted that weren't. And there were some guys that got picked later. Like Herb Jones was a second round pick clearly, Based on what he's done his first season, plus he should have been a first round pick and yeah. picked much higher, maybe even in the lottery. Um, but Jackson started talking about. You could tell he kind of started th- going down the road of like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna name some guys that shouldn't have gotten picked right. higher than or that were picked higher they than Jose. Of creating and then he realized like, material. yeah, maybe that's not a great idea. <laughs> yeah. So that that's part of if if you if you're a little bit confused by what he was talking about. And then he also uh, got into how he had a lovely Christmas Eve dinner with Jonas Valanciunas and Jonas's family. Jonas, I believe, lives in Metairie out here. And uh, so that sounded like a great time between those two gentlemen. I would just love to see the ugly Christmas sweaters of those two. Just, <laughs> I hope they have pictures of them and like a dog, you know, soft focus around it. it I just want to see that so bad. They had some great moments uh, together that night. So I guess that explains it. Right. And then Jackson also got into um, – I asked him about how there was a play on the baseline where the Pacers kind of had Jonas hemmed in in the corner. And Jonas is just like, well, I'm just going to put a behind the back dribble 
and just get by everybody and then do kind of a scoop uh, layup. That showing he, the guard skills. Right. And that was funny. I, I, I was watching the bench after that play, and I saw a lot of the guys were going crazy because Jonas even did the, the kind of what I would call like the waiter gesture where he was like holding his hand up in the air because he had like a scoop layup on that. And uh, <laughs> they love that as well. A few guys kind of pantomimed that on the bench. Yeah. And, uh, and lastly, Jackson talks about um, the – Najee Marshall just what a phenomenal night. And he capped it off by at the end of the third quarter, he banked in a three from the wing off of one crazy. Foot. And yeah. it's funny if you watch, if you go back and watch the replay from one of the angles, the looks on the faces of a couple of players on the Pacers bench right behind the, the shot are so funny because Miles Turner, like almost like slapped himself in the head of like, <laughs> I can't believe that that just happened again. Yeah. So, so anyways, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and this is uh Jackson Hayes talking after the game against the Pacers about all of the different positive, fun things that happened. Yeah, just, uh, what's it, what's it, what do you think it says about the you know, just development program with guys like Najee and Jose undrafted guys coming in and shining on this team the way they had the past? Man, it just shows a lot. Our PD coaches are unbelievable. Um, I mean, and these guys, we're not, we're not, like, I don't want to sit here and act like trash. Like, these dudes slipped in the draft. Like, these are people who should have been drafted and weren't drafted. Because I can name... Actually, no, I, I can. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say that, but <laughs> but those are guys that shouldn't have gone on draft. Right, for sure. Jackson, first start this year for you, but last year, you know, you started a lot of games, and it, that comfortable factor seemed to be there for you because you had a lot of good passes between you and JV. How comfortable did you feel out there? I felt real comfortable out there. Um, I mean, me and JV have have, have a good connection. <laughs> um, I mean, we had a hey, we had a great Christmas Eve. Me and JB had a great oh, yeah. Christmas Eve. I went over and had dinner with him and his family, so I feel like that kind of helped us out a little more, you know. So you guys felt like you had to pass him. Oh yeah, <laughs> I felt like I had to pass him because if I didn't, then I'd never get invited to the crib again. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the, the PD coaches. Have they been working with him on the behind the back dribble that he did on the baseline? Which one was that? I don't think I remember. You didn't see him do that. Oh, the one JV did? Oh, yeah. I don't know who's working on that with him. <laughs> what about, uh, about Najee's passing skills? Man, that's been hey, – I've known that since I was a sophomore in high school, since I went to – since I used to go up to Xavier and play pickup with him. Um, I mean, Najee's always been a great passer. That's just part of his game. He's a great playmaker. He's great vision. Um, I mean, he's always going to make a good pass. I feel like he's going – one of the main players on our team who's a pass-first type guy. Well, he's always going to make that good pass. But Jackson, was he doing any kind of showman passes? He had that one look away. Yeah, that one crazy yeah. pass. He did some. I mean, I feel like if you go back and watch some Nazi Xavier highlights, you're going to see a bunch. But, um, I mean, that one was tough. That one was very tough. <laughs> me, on the other hand, if you would have passed on to me instead of Billy, I would have dunked on somebody. But, <laughs> hey, I was in the game. What was it like to see uh, Kyra? Look? I mean, people have talked about how he looks – even quicker from man. It seems like he's showing it in games now. It's just amazing seeing him back out there. I know how much work he's put in and um, how hard he's been working this this whole past year just to get back into playing shape and get back into the rotation and just fight back from the injury. And I was just so happy to see him out there. So yeah, I mean, you watch him in the G League games. I mean, he's just been flying around everybody and all that. So it's not like a matter of fact of how if he lost any of the speed or anything like that. It's just getting his getting his rhythm back in. The PD coach has been working with Najee on the one-footed runner yeah. from <laughs> The one-footed one runner shot. three? No, no. Uh, I do see him shoot that shot, though, about every day after practice and before practice, just messing around. <laughs>
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, your friend and mine. You know him from the post-game show. You know him from the pre-game show, halftime. You know him from his show on the local ESPN affiliate, Mr. Gus Kattengill. How you doing, man, of the sports hangover of the Smoothie King Studios? I don't know why I'm becoming Captain Hatfield. It started out, Jim, like a PBS intro. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like when Carver's looking at, you know, like, Different shows on there, you know. You know him from. He's like Mister. Yeah, I'm always impressed by Joe's ability to transform personalities like mid sentence <laughs> and mid paragraph. So it's like, what I do. That was another a personality example of that. disorder. Joe. Yes. Yeah, I don't want to be called. myself yes. here. That's yes. for sure. <laughs> it's a personality disorder. <laughs> uh, man, that was a, that was a fun one. I think we had a, a blast in the which uh, one? the King Center. Exactly. The, uh, yeah, it, yeah. It's been a blast for a while now with the winning streak going on. But man, uh, I, I got to say before. The Pacers game, we were a pacing. Uh, it seemed like we were <laughs> nervous. Uh, we we didn't feel very good about it. Yeah. But uh, boy, as that game wore on and 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 we got that twenty point lead, we were partying. So full disclosure, I completely was you know planning on starting my birthday shopping, looking at Amazon, doing different things to kind of pass the time there, Joe. Because clearly, when you don't have three of your five starters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you had a team that just beat Boston in Miami at Boston at Miami. Halliburton still shooting threes. I mean, it, it, look, it's just is what it is. It's a long season. It's one of those, man, we wish we had our players. And then the game starts. Well, before that, actually, I I, I ran into the Oracle. Do you know who the Oracle is? I ran into him. I, I, yeah, I sit right yeah. next to the Oracle. So Jim just strolls in. And he's like, with swagger, with, by with the way, massive swagger, always, because yeah. I then told Graf that you had texted me that he had predicted a win. Yeah. I'm like, Todd, by the way, this one's drunk already, he's, you know, predicting a win. And then he just nonchalantly goes, oh, easy. Yeah, easy win. I'm like, I'm like, you do know, like, there's nobody available. Yeah, I was checking Jim's pupils and stuff. I was like, you know, trying to see, like, what's wrong with Jim? Did he take a blow to the head? Even Todd's (laughs) like, oh, okay. And, I mean, it's just not that we didn't believe him. It's just. Yeah, I mean, Jim knows his basketball. There's no reason not to believe him. But it was a, it was a worrisome prediction. It was almost almost (laughs) like the back to the future scene, you know, when they have the almanac. You know, and they, they already know the score. And it was almost mm. like Jim knew the score because he didn't just say, hey, I think we can pull out a win. I think we can win. He was like, oh, we're winning. Easy win. Like, and then right? I, I don't, it I don't believe, to be an easy win. I don't think I thought it was. I don't think I said it was going to be an easy win, but I did confidently say 
they're going to win this game. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't ready to give a margin of victory or anything like that, but you did in the um, second quarter. You text us, you're up by 30. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, I'd like to update my prediction. <laughs> That's 30. true. Jim yeah, was probably which we were up by 29. with sunglasses on at the time. <laughs> and we were up by 29. So he was yeah. darn near close I did, by. I did say I want to change my prediction from Pelicans win to Pelicans win by 30 because they were up by a million at that point of the game. <laughs> now, let me, let me say that I feel like people use the term, overuse the term culture, but I think part of what my confidence came from was I think there is a culture building here of – they expect to play well. They expect to win games regardless of who's on the court. Now, there has to be some limit. You, you can't – there has to be some game where if you have – I mean, this game there was five rotation guys out. I would think yeah, there's scary. a point where you stretch it too far. You can't have like, okay, well, our top 12 guys are out and we're still going to win this game. Yeah, just bring up the whole Birmingham squadron. Right. We'll just trot them out. But I do think that overall there's just a feeling that you can sense from the guys of like – we're going to be fine because we have so much depth and we have guys that can come in and maybe they've averaged 10 minutes a game tonight. We're going to need them to play 25 or 30. And not only are are they going to do fine, but they're going to play their best game of the season. And we saw Jackson Hayes did that in the game against Oklahoma city, followed that up with a really good performance the other night against Indiana. Najee Marshall probably played his best game of the season against the Pacers as well on a night when you really needed it. And, even though I think both CJ and Jose, especially offensively, didn't have good games, didn't shoot well, you, your starting backcourt has a really rough night putting right. the ball in the basket, and you're still up by 29 yeah, points at dominated. one point, and, yeah. you, and you win the game by 20 against what we've seen, the, what the Pacers can do. We know they're a good team. Um, I, so that that's really where that came from is just the idea. It's like how many times do we need to see this this year before we get to the point where – um, and again, not all circumstances, but almost no matter what the circumstances are, I, I'm, I'm always going to think they have a chance to win because these guys are so competitive and they're so hungry to right. keep continually proving themselves. There's also, I think another factor too is, and this comes Magical in, powers? Well, besides, yes, that yeah. as well. Okay. Besides, this comes into play with good example, Jackson Hayes. Some of these guys have been sitting a lot this season. Yeah. So when they get a chance to play, it's like they're totally locked in. I thought the Pacers... Had they had a horrible night? I mean, they it just seemed like everything went wrong that could possibly go wrong. You're gonna have nights where you're not 100% focused. You've had those nights, sure. Every team does, every team in the NBA does. You come into a game like that, though, and you play against a team that's out for blood the way the Pelicans are, and sometimes you can see the results of what happened, regardless of the fact that New Orleans had so many key guys out. Jim spoke to the guys having confidence in themselves no matter who's out and stuff. It's one thing to be in the foxhole with the guys and have that confidence talking to each other. You know, like, we got this. But Mm -hmm. it's one thing to go out and continually prove it. I mean, a three-game winning streak without B.I. this whole time, a stretch without Zion, uh, Herb's been in and out. Uh, I mean, you know, you didn't have Dyson. You've had Larry out. It just seems like no matter what you throw at this team, uh, to Jim's point, you don't want to stretch it too far. But right now, it just seems like whatever you throw at them, they're ready for it. And I think this is the first time you can see that depth in the rotation since since I've been following the team. So I think the thing that keep, keeps popping in my head is two things. And it's actually going to be something I really want to somehow explore this week or even on our show and you know even in postgame or something, man. Um, this isn't normal. And, and, and I don't mean like the Pels thing. It's just what Jim brought up. It's a very real thing. It is very difficult to not be a part of something and not do something 
And then when you do it, it's like you've been doing it. Yeah. Right. So like, even if I have a week off or something of that nature, that first show, heck, even if I don't have vacation for a couple months, there, there's a day or two where it just, man, I can't get words out of my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to get back into the, you rhythm. know, it is right. And, and, and to Jim's point, as he was just saying that I, Rod Walker tweeted after the game that Najee was the seventh player this season to lead the Pelicans in scoring. Mm. Nine players have had at least 20 point games. Yeah, that's bananas. The roster's 15. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that that reminds me of, you know, the other side of the parking lot. I mean, when the Saints were were cooking, right? It literally was anyone's given night. And Jim brought up the word culture. Willie Green on practice Tuesday said something that stood out to me that gave me almost the goosebumps because it, it reminded me of something we had heard here for years. We call them the Gus Bumps here. Well, yes, the Gus Bumps. And, and Sean Payton established that, right? The next man up mentality. You hear that a lot. A lot of time it can be catchy. It can be phrasy. Jim can just write it. I can say it. You can play it. Yeah. But what what Sean Payton legitimately did was create a very real tangible sense that you were as important as anyone else. And that's hard to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, we all have roles. We all have walks of life. We all have realities. You know, when you're the number one pick, when you're the quarterback, when you're a first round draft pick, when you're a 14, $15 million a year player in, in football, which is kind of the equivalent almost of, you know, 25, 30 million in NBA. You are those guys for a reason, but Sean, even in his last year, said, because if you remember, they had a lot of COVID injuries and things of that nature. Yeah. And they were using people left and right from the practice squad and all that. And I thought something he said really stood out. He goes, if you put on the Florida lead and we think you can play, Willie Green literally said that Wednesday. He said he believes in every guy in the building and that if they're in the building, they can play. But you have to create that culture. You have to somehow provide the environment where a player feels that, okay, I know I'm not playing today. I know I'm not playing probably this week, but if I show up and play hard at practice, even though I'm not going to play, if I show up and watch film, even though I'm not going to play, if I show up and do the conditioning games, all that other stuff, because that's what I want to get into as well. Mm -hmm. These guys are ready for a reason. The Pels are yeah. doing something after practice, on practice, to get these guys ready. Because Jackson's not winded. These other guys aren't rusty. Why? Well, they're playing. They're just not playing in games. And that's something that maybe a lot of people don't know. They do a lot of stuff on practice days. That's why you always hear them talk about being practiced so much. Maybe it's not even for the people that play. It's for those that aren't playing. So yeah. when they do play Joe and Jim, they are ready. And I think that's remarkable, though, because Willie legitimately believes that. And more importantly, the players believe that like those guys that started on Monday in place of Zion, Herb and Trey, they legitimately believe this should be in the NBA. They believe they should play. And they believe they're it. good enough to do it. Yeah. And so you've built confidence to where those guys believe it. Yeah. And that's nuts because that's not the norm, man, that there's a reason there's a bench. There's a reason there's a role player. But on this team, they are creating an environment where it's legitimately whoever's on there for the Pelicans, you're going to get the Pelicans. And I think performances like what we saw from Jackson Hayes are so valuable even going forward down the road because, as we know, there's a real good possibility that in the Minnesota game there's going to be multiple guys that come back in the rotation. There might be situations where I don't know for sure, but 
just to use one example, like Jackson Hayes, might his minutes might go back down to, to minimal or very little. So these guys have already shown, though, like if you go back to a role where you're not playing, you've sh- you a you've proven that you can help mm-hmm. the team and you have done it, and you can say I've contributed to helping us be in second place in the Western Conference, and I think that definitely helps as far as you know some of the guys that play well if their minutes go back down. Um, it's going to be frustrating and it's going to be tough. But yeah, once no I think once you've shown, though, that you can help the team, it, it might be a little bit easier to understand, like, you know, I've proven what I can do and I'm just going to be patient and wait for the next opportunity to come. And and speaking of that, it was great to see Kyra back uh, getting some legitimate minutes. That uh, three-point shot uh, set the Smoothie King Center on fire. Yeah. And actually, Gus, we talked about it uh, on the post-game yeah. show how smart the Pelicans fans are. It doesn't seem like a new basketball fan base. And and to to cheer on Kyra in that moment, to understand how much that meant to him, yeah. uh, that was just a great moment to, to hear and see in the Smoothie Kings. We Center. talked about it before we started uh, recording here, that the next two home games are already a sellout. Yeah. So you're ending this calendar year with a sellout. I do believe Monday was a sellout. And the yeah, one even before that, yeah. So we're mm-hmm. we're we're having a full week of sellouts. Yeah. That hasn't happened. That I can not think in December. Of. Yeah. I, no, yeah. no. I, I'm just trying to think at all. Have yeah. we had three straight sellouts? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm, well, yeah. but the thing is, and and I'm we're trying to figure this out. But I know. I think the Bucks game, Todd told us that we had already eclipsed all the sellouts from last season. Mm. against the Bucks, Yeah. So this is new territory. So we're now, you know, and again, I keep using the analogy, but it's just, that's all we know, right? I mean, I still remember when they hung the banner of season tickets being sold in the dome for the saints. I mean, that, that wasn't the norm. I remember mm-hmm. working for the radio station that worked with the saints and we couldn't give away tickets. Yeah. When the ticket <laughs> sales, people were stressed out. Dude, we used to have the ticket person, for the Saints call and be like, well, you know, this Sunday, Steve Young and the 49ers are in town. Like, it was just crazy that we would literally promote, hey, come watch the other team's players. And that's something, to your point, that I remember Todd bringing up on the broadcast. And JD, one of his last broadcasts, brought it up. I think it was his last one, as a matter of fact, before he went away for a bit. He said, specifically, New Orleans, you have a team that's worth coming and watch." The team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Since you said that, we've seen Tuesday night sellouts. We've seen Monday sellouts. We've seen sellouts against teams. And even when you're not healthy, that is an indication of, of a city that's turned. And, I and mean, there's, know, no, there's no other way to look at it like that. And you know what I'm seeing less and less of is kids coming into the Smoothie King Center wearing Warriors jerseys yeah. or wearing other teams' jerseys, mm-hmm. wearing Luka jerseys. You're starting to see those same kids start to come in wearing Zion jerseys right. and wearing Herb jerseys and stuff. Like the, the kids who only chase stars are now starting to star chase their own hometown team, and that's fun to see. And it's a good thing on both sides, too. I mean, Jim, yesterday, Luka Dantich... He like set his for sixty points, twenty something rebounds, ten assists. I mean, you know, and I, I'm a fan of the NBA, and I remember when they used to have exhibition games at the arena, right? When it was like the Lakers and Hornets or something. I'm like, I, I just want to go watch that. But you know what's great to be able to go watch Giannis, be Giannis, but the Pels either win or almost win. You know what's great is to be able to see Anthony Edwards and um, you know, Cat, just whatever, and and but win. You know, it's going to be great to see Embiid, and there's Harden, boo the Sixers, and then win. 
You know, it's so I, I do think it's great that the NBA has so many stars right now and so many good teams and so many good players that can go off. But what's even better is that you legitimately have a team of stars. I I, I think that. I think you legitimately have a a budding superstar that's going to be incredible, right? I loved hearing him after practice say, I've sat enough. I'm ready to get going. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's just, he's so comfortable. He's cracking jokes, things of that nature. And you have a team that really legitimately loves being with one another, man. It's, yeah. it's fun. It's, and, and, and people were walking in the driving rain just last mm-hmm. week. I remember Joe yeah. just saying, I mean, rain's going sideways <laughs> and people are just streaming in. And I'm like that, that in the past, the weather Nighttime, lack of if stars. If it was a bit playing. chilly, yeah. yeah. I mean, just but no. I mean, I, I said it on a broadcast, Jimmy. You know this. The team in the past would would wait to the very last second to say if Zion or Bi wouldn't play because they knew that then people wouldn't show up, and that's not the case. Yeah, the embrace of the team has been phenomenal. I mean, of all of the really fun stuff that we've experienced, especially since say February of last season when they took off and they made the McCollum trade. To me, one of the most um, just satisfying, gratifying things to see is just how much love the fan base has for these guys, mm-hmm. and I, and specifically from the last couple of games, and one all of, of them, not just the right. stars. It's so yeah. great to see. You mentioned you know the Herb jerseys. Um, I saw a Hernan Gomez jersey the yeah. last game. I mean, Jose you jerseys. see a million Jose jerseys, especially yeah. from the younger kids in the Seen younger some crowd. Trey Murphy jerseys, yeah, you know, down the right. roster, yeah. And one of the things I noticed um, from the last couple of games in particular that I've not, I don't think I've ever seen other than maybe when the team was at the peak, peak performance, the few times that they made the playoffs was 10, 15 minutes before the game starts looking up in the upper bowl and seeing like hardly any empty seats and people up there already ready to go. Yeah. I mean, that's been really cool to see the arena has just completely transformed. I feel like mm-hmm. you wouldn't recognize it if you drop someone in here this week and then had them go back to a year right. ago, you yeah. would be like, this is the same place. Yeah. I mean, there's so, people in the rafters in costume. Now there's people like dressing <laughs> right. up in yeah. the nosebleeds, you know, like mm-hmm. just to be part of the environment. It's a party now yeah. in the smoothie King center. I, I think the other thing too, that really stands out is the fact that it feels organic. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not even yeah. about the giveaways. It's not mm-hmm. even about the, well, let's hope this team can sort of get it. Because look, you can't it, fake that stuff. You, in this city. I think there was a sense of that. And again, it's not a bad thing. I, I look. When we were sitting there last year for the playing game against San Antonio, you welcome everybody. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, come on in. Yeah, this is great. Remember, mm-hmm. this is yeah. what the arena is. Yep. The bathrooms are this way. That like you're. I'm all about it. Okay. I because I do think there was a there was a portion of fandom in those play in and at the end of the last month here. Based off of, hey, they're winning. This must be fun. You know, mm-hmm. let's just go. Right? Or I hadn't been to a game this season. I We had that all the time when we were doing our pregame show in the concourse. You know, you saw it building. People like, man, I hadn't been here. This is fun. I mean, I had a friend of mine that hadn't been all season. And he's like, dude, I, I'm coming back. So yeah, a buddy of mine, which was first Pell's game ever uh, during that Pacers game. Good time to go. And so I think that's what started it. And then... All of the talk this offseason about what, you know, they're, they're just, they feel right. The, the little brief little capsules that we saw in summer league, you know, like, ah, this trade dude may be pretty good. And then Zion's like, wait, so he is starting training camp. He's like, not hurt. Yeah, it just He's seems like we never lost that momentum to go. for the playoffs. Right. And that's, but th- there yep. was still, I think, a little hesitancy of, well, I mean, is it, look, last year was fun. This is a whole new year. 
And it was like slowly but surely, right? Building to the, the start of the season where, and I think part of it was when they finally saw Zion. Yeah. And they're like, that's him, right? Like that's legitimately him. Wow, he looks jacked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but. You know, there's a whole week before we play a game, Joe. I mean, you know, at any second, there's Anything a sneeze. Anything could go wrong. You know, they, and then, you know, the preseason, okay. And then you play the Nets, and you looked good. <laughs> and yeah. they had Kyrie, and they mm-hmm. had Kevin Durant. You're like, look, but that's one game. It just, it was great. And then, you know, you're off the 2-0 and start, and you're playing, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, wait a minute. This team's legit. And then I think the Dallas game, mm-hmm. Really started getting people going. Say, there's there's oh, mile man. markers of legitimacy. No, that and I that's feel what like I'm saying. And, and, and this then, was one of them, along with that Dallas. Game. I said it in the post game, and I asked Todd this, Jim, and I'll ask you this: more impressive, the seven game win streak or the three game win streak? Yeah, it might be the three game winning that's streak. Exactly yeah, what he based said. On yeah, exactly opponents. right. Yeah, I think too. The Dallas game set the tone. If people remember, they had multiple guys out. That was only the fourth game of the regular season, so we're going back a couple months. But mm-hmm. that's to me, that was the game that set the tone of for the season of. We can still win even if there aren't guys, main guys on the court. I think because, that's when a lot of people started to buy in. Right. On the face. Realizing that it wasn't just about the top guys on the roster have to play well and they have to play, period, for us to have a chance. It was more yeah. like this team has a bunch of other guys that can do well. And to your point, Gus, about it being organic, I think we've all experienced or, or seen, you know, on TV, a lot of NBA teams have the, a million prompts of the crowd. They're yelling at them. Uh, Sorry to pick on one city, but uh, one team, but Miami is like when I was traveling with the team over the seven seasons that I did, every time I was there, it reminded me of the scene in Anchorman where the guy says, why is everyone yelling? Because it's like constantly yelling at, they're like constantly yelling at their fans to be loud and make noise. and, And it's just like with the crowd here, I feel like we're at the point where we don't even need the prompting of the crowd. They're doing it. They'll they're do it on quiet at the right times. The, loud the, fan, at the, right times. the fans were doing, there was a big group of fans in like the first quarter Monday against Indiana that started a defense chant on their own. Didn't need the, <laughs> the defense defense <laughs> yeah. thing. So it's, you're so right in terms of organic, the people have brought their own enthusiasm to the arena and it's because of just how much they love the team and, and love a lot of the individual players. So I, I, I think that part is great too, that yeah. you don't need to sit there and pat people on the back and say, Hey, can you please be loud now? It's like, Nope, we don't need any of that. We'll do it on our, on our own. It makes those guys want to play for this city so much more. Mm-hmm. I think a big part of the smoothie King center, I guess you could say the the emergence of it being a home court advantage for the first time. Half of it is the fans being very loud. And another part of it is the players want to play here. It seems like mm-hmm. there is not a player on this team who's not giving 100% effort. And so I just feel like the the, the fans recognize that, the players recognize the love from the fans. It's just sort of going both ways, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to see for the first time in New Orleans. You know what else is a beautiful thing to see? The problems that this organization, this franchise, and this city has had to deal with, now other teams are dealing with, and you don't. And what I mean by that is, Jim, you know this by following the rest of the league as well, man. There's at least four or five teams right now where there's a player that's unhappy. I mean, even Atlanta and Trey Young, they they don't know what's happening over there. Mm -hmm. Some weird things where the reporter's confronting him and he didn't show up for I mean, just that that's one thing. You know, you have the injury situation with the Lakers and LeBron and AD and what's happening over there. And obviously that's an environment where it's all about championships and stuff. That's just two instances, though. Um, 
you know, you're looking at the team that you're playing tonight and they made a massive move and trade this past season. And if you want to be truthful, it, it, it hasn't worked out the way they think they have to the point where I'm reading, you know, just this morning, a piece on, well, maybe they need to move other players because the Rudy Gobert thing maybe just didn't work. And they gave up picks. They gave players up. They gave up a lot. But what was interesting in reading this morning, Jim, one of the words specifically used in the first paragraph was culture, that it they think it changed the culture. They got rid of players that were part of that. You know, when you look at what they did last year, guys like Beverly, I mean, it just, you you got to have players like that. And I think when you look at this roster and you look at this situation, I don't, it's not just talk. The players after the game on Monday said, they continuously say they, they respect the front office. I mean, Najee said it about the front office, about the other coaches and the teammates. They're and always players. giving props to other players. They too. legit get, you know, care about one another. They care about their success that they do that. To your point with Jackson, I, I can still see him in a lot of the highlights standing up and waving a towel and the guy hadn't played like in a month, mm-hmm. you know, so he's yeah. still engaged. It's a big difference when you're not. Um, and the, the whole jealousy thing. I mean, Zion was asked yesterday who the top three pastors, he of course said he's one of them. He said Najee, but he said Dyson Daniels, the rookie. Yeah. You know, but that's what I'm saying. So he's appreciating different players, games, and, and somebody that just got here. So that gives you an idea. I think the competitive that the competitiveness that you see at practice, Najee said it on Monday. I think Zion says it every time he's asked about why he's playing so well. They reference not older, not only Coach Witherspoon, but Corey Brewer. We've had him on our show in the past, man. But if you remember him being a co a player, he is. He's not. He's a, he was a gritty, yeah. defensive-minded, played in Philly. Like that's a guy that just all about it, you know, yeah. and from that aspect of it. So I don't think it's coincidental that you've brought in people like Coach Green is one of those players. Mm-hmm. They're embodying that coaching staff. It, it is sort of a we're all together thing and the greater the piece, the greater the whole, I guess the stronger they are. I'm not a philosopher, but it's something around <laughs> nature. You, well, know you could have fooled me. Goose. <laughs> uh, man, I'm looking forward to it. Let's keep the good momentum rolling. The good vibes going tonight against those Timberwolves. Be in the Smoothie King Center. Be loud. 7 p.m. You will be able to catch Gus on the pregame at halftime on post game on the radio. So don't miss that. It's always a dazzling show. And bang Chris. on the window. We enjoy that. You might even see the Oracle himself in there too. Yeah, yeah. The Oracle <laughs> no, himself. I, we Jim legitimately in the, enjoy in it. We see Spider Man. Mm-hmm. There's always a gentleman that has a, a child on his shoulders. And yeah, we she's need always to meet happy. The, the, the guy with the baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 fun. And I do love seeing all the people, you know, just cheering and everything like that. So maybe we'll yeah, we'll try to find a way to include that. That's Gus Kattengill. Catch him on the pre- and post-game tonight and every Pels game along with me in the studio. Thanks a ton, Goose. Thank you. Big thanks to Mr. Gus Kattengill for trekking the five minutes from his place to the podcast studios. Uh, he missed some valuable gym time, and we do not want his quads to suffer for our art. So good for him uh, for being here. So check him out on 99.5 WRNO. And uh, big thanks to Jackson Hayes for joining, not the gym interview, because it wasn't a one-on-one, but <laughs> the gym pool. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
I think I like that. I like that a little. Yeah, the Jim Pool. Yeah, it was. It was. It was multiple re- reporters. You can't. Yeah. You definitely can't call it a Jim exclusive because no, it was no. not that. But yeah. And by the way, when you mentioned Gus missing out on gym time, you may you mean G Y M? Yeah, G Y M. Because he got plenty of gym time. Right. Right. Here. Okay. I mean, you know, he's very lucky in that sense. But no, he was. Gus was saying he wanted to go to the gym and just lift some weights. Uh, but, you know, we had to we had to pull him aside and be like, hold on there, Hoss. We got to talk about some basketball before you go scare people slamming the weights around. We got a fun one tonight. And uh, this is, of course, Western Conference Wednesday, according to Jim Eichenhofer. Like you it. always get up for Western Conference I Wednesday, like it. man. I feel like we're making some progress. People are buying in a little bit more. Although still, it's it feels like sometimes like I'm standing out in a field by myself on this, but you know I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna see they will what come. we can if do. You build it, they right. will come. Exactly. Jim. Now for Western Conference Wednesday, I did put a poll out this morning, and it was basically of the teams that are in the top five in the West besides the Pelicans. Did not put the Pelicans in this because I feel like yeah, there would be a slight tampering. bias. <laughs> yeah. But of the other four teams in the top five who is going to finish with the most wins and have the best record, which I guess you could read it, read that also as which team is the biggest threat to the Pelicans to have the best record in the conference. Right. Um, the early results are Denver has 54% of the mm. votes, Memphis 35 Clippers, 7% and Phoenix 4%. I feel like those Phoenix <laughs> votes maybe came from Arizona. That's somebody yeah. that, that follows me because I, I feel like no matter what people around here would not vote for, Phoenix under any circumstances, even if Phoenix was like, you know, 33 and two right now, they'd be like, right. they're not going to finish with yeah, the best record. we're not scared of them. <laughs> Phoenix with old Chris Paul. Yeah. Look, we were talking about that before the podcast. Like, I feel like if, even if people in their hearts believe Phoenix is a threat, they're not giving them that. Uh, so yeah, that, that's actually interesting, but uh, beyond where Phoenix lies in that poll, the top two, I think I'd probably agree. You got to always be worried about Denver and Jokic. Mm-hmm. And then Memphis, uh, you know, they are still scary, even though ever since Ja talked all that smack about how he ain't scared about anybody in the West, they've lost three of four in the West. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was a rough, rough night against Phoenix last night. It's funny. They blew out the Suns in Phoenix, but then the Grizzlies played them in Memphis last night and Phoenix won big. That was a pretty surprising um, outcome. But, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see – the, how things happen, go the rest of this week. Um, Pelicans go into Wednesday. They're one game behind Denver for first place. Almost moved it back into first place. Denver was tied yeah. with Sacramento with about three minutes left in regulation last night. The Nuggets ended up going on to win. Um, so that's still a one-game gap there. Denver plays actually at Sacramento again tonight in a two the second game of a two-game series against the Kings. Then they have Miami in Denver on Friday. And then Boston on Sunday in Denver, which that that's going to be a fun one to yeah. to watch. And after maybe after you watch some football Sunday, that'll be the uh, that'll be later on in the evening. That'll be a heck of a game. Memphis is behind the Pelicans by a game, game and a half. And Memphis actually only has one game between now and when they play the Pelicans Saturday. Memphis is at Toronto on Thursday night, so that'll be uh, you know that's a pretty tough team as yeah. well. They've been. Raptors been a little up and down, but that's the one time, one game they play before the head-to-head that Pelicans have with them. Obviously, the Pelicans have Minnesota tonight, and then mm. Friday against Philadelphia. That that's going to be a great one too. I think people are going to really look forward to that. We are looking ahead at uh, it looks like Zion Zion looks like he's going to be back 
on the floor soon for the Pels. Right, and we're hoping to see Trey and Dyson Daniels as well back on the court. They were All three of those guys are listed as probable, so that's encouraging. Um, Herb Jones is questionable for the game against Minnesota. And on the Minnesota side, this it should be pointed out too, um, Carl Anthony Towns is still out. Torian Prince is out. Jordan McLaughlin is out. Kyle Anderson, better known to many people as slow-mo, is questionable. So they might be able to get him back in the lineup after he's been out of action. So uh, a lot of na- names on the injury report, but we're hopeful that the guys, a bunch of the guys that are, you know, have missed games for New Orleans lately will be back on the court, if not tonight, very soon. We are the Pelicans podcast. Once again, big thanks to Gus Kattengill, uh for joining us. Check him out tonight on the pre and post game of the radio call. And uh, you may even catch Jim Eichenhofer here and there lurking around because he pops in the studio and graces us with his knowledge and presence. On Friday, we will have the Athletics' Will Guillory joining us. It's been a minute, and we've missed Will. Uh, So looking forward to hopefully talking about another Pelicans win with him. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Tell your friends and pals to check it out. Until then. I got out! Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.